0: Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. He'll take it in. It's a
1: pick six and a touchdown. The New York Jets select Zach Wilson. Quarterback BYU.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a special guest today. It's actually a second time on the show, Mike Westoff you know, 20 or 32 years in the NFL, author of uh Figure It Out, which came out July 12th, an incredible book I think everyone should read, which we'll get into a little bit in a minute. But Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks, Will. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking a,
2: forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Everyone loved when you are on last time. So, you know, had to bring you back on as soon as possible. <laughs> um, But uh yeah, no, obviously, you know, we're right in the thick of training camp here, you know, into week three. This is when, as you know, kind of people start to separate themselves a little bit preseason Jets opened up their preseason uh, Friday night in Philadelphia, you know, full pads came on last week First scrimmage is done official unofficial depth chart first comes out. And um, I know you had a chance to be at Jets practice. I believe, I don't know which day it was, but I believe early on, I mean, a week or before. so ago. Yeah. What were your kind of just takeaways being a practice talent level coaching staff, all that type of stuff.
1: It's, it's you know, to get in too much in depth wouldn't be fair because I've I was just there a short time. But um, what I try to do, anything I look at, I can't help myself. Uh, I look at it through a particular set of lenses or glasses, maybe you'd say. Um, And I I was looking, what I wanted to see was, okay, this is an early practice, one of their very first days. Uh, What's it like? What are they doing? First of all, I saw a pretty good looking football team that looked in pretty good condition. Maybe not everyone, but for the most part, it's not a big heavy team. And I kind of like that light, fast football team. And I think the way the game's being played today, that that's an advantage because it's just a different football game than it was. So I like that. I um, I saw very few mistakes. I saw one fumbled exchange. I saw very few penalties. I saw a defense that was running around making adjustments to different formations. So for just a very early practice, I saw a pretty good looking NFL early practice. Does that mean they're ready for the playoffs? No, that that, that would be crazy to say that. Um, And you have to wait till they put the pads on and they're hitting. But I saw an aggressive, well-organized, disciplined practice. I saw people excited. They were running all over the place. And um, I was impressed. I was impressed with it. Uh, I I, I can can, make a very, very mild, believe me, mild when I say this comparison to Miami, where I was just a little bit before that who has a good looking football team. I mean, if there, if there's a race in the NFL, my, I'm going to bet on Miami because they would, are I fast. <laughs> Whoa, are they fast? So I like that, but I was looking at an early kind of a, you know, a, a mini camp type practice. It was not a real sharp practice on offense. I thought the defense looked very good. The offense, and I know it's early and you're not getting things put together. I understand that. I get it. Um, you know, I caught a little bit of, uh, little bit of hell because i was a little bit tough on them not even really probably as tough as i as i thought i could be but and i i was just being honest with what i saw i saw this you know pretty talented group that that made just way too many mistakes and it wasn't it just didn't fit feel good to me um and, and i'm going to judge my offensive practices by what i know in my career i mean i i was with dan marino and don shula their whole career that dan's whole career okay then I came up to the Jets where Vinny Testaverde was still, you know, throwing the ball through the wall. If we had ever put him in a shotgun, we'd have gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, we couldn't figure that one out. Um, and then Chad Pennington came along, did a real nice job. Oh, and then we had a guy that kind of snuck in. It wasn't too bad. Named Brett Favre. Okay. Then I went to the Saints with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. So I know what an offensive practice is just supposed say you to look like. I you've seen a few
2: pretty good quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. And, and I coached there. I coached them. I sat in the meetings. So I have a good feel for it. And to tell you the truth, I was relatively, believe me, it's relative. I was impressed with the New York Jets. I liked what they, the way they ran around, you know, what they were doing. Their routes looked sharp. You know, the quarterback looked, looked pretty good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops in his second year. But then also, uh, just as i to turn this off, sorry. Then also, at the same time, um, how his coordinator develops in his second year. Because you know they're kind of they're kind of working this together, and so that that interested me to see what I what how that's going to go. I think when I looked at when I look at them, and, and again it's it's not like when I was doing a media work and I used to really study them. That's not it. I'm, I'm just a viewer. I spend more time probably watching the New Orleans Saints because that was my last team, and I'm very close with those guys. Um, okay, I watched a game a couple years ago with the New York Jets, maybe three four years ago. And I thought to myself, I'm not sure I see five football players out there that could have made our good teams. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm just telling you how I feel. And don't forget, you know, some of those New York Jet teams we had, we were pretty good. You know, you're, looking at, you're looking at an offensive line. Go back, Kevin Mowai, you know, Jumbo Elliott. Well, and the guy carrying the ball is Curtis Martin. I mean, he's a pretty good football player. You know? so, and, and it was a, good, a lot of good guys on defense. Abraham and Ellis were our ends. I had an all-star team. I mean, so, you know, I've seen some New York Jet football teams that are very good. And to me, it's a shame that the way they, they went from 2010, where we go to a championship game, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're making dramatic moves, which I for the life of me, you know, that was enough for me. Um, and it didn't work and it hasn't worked since. But, but with these new guys, it looks to me like they're putting together a competitive group. And so in my opinion, just and again, I'm trying to be cautious. Um, I think this is the best prepared I've seen a New York jet team headed into the season in the past ten years.
2: yeah, I, like, like I couldn't agree more from a lot of senses. I think, as you know, I think camaraderie within a staff and just an organization of pretty clear structure, whether it's you know top down or even bottom up, frankly, from you know the the most junior coach on the staff, all the way up, to you know, obviously the GM ownership, things like that. Having most of the same guys around, having the same head coach, same offensive coordinator, same defensive coordinator, same quarterback coach, same GM, um, same, you know, assistant GMs, everything kind of locked in place for a second year and having, like, you know, having building some momentum towards the end of the year last year. But it seems like in camp, there's just the talent levels higher than it's been, which is obviously super important, having good talent, as anyone knows. Sure. His, you know, talent always you know gets you can get you a lot farther than it, a lot of stuff but also you know Zach going to year two having the same people around him you know more singular voices in his head as a quarterback there's so much going on I almost felt like last year while it was nice to see them try to commit so much effort and from a coaching perspective to have so many people in the building and help him out I almost think they overwhelmed them a little bit in terms of like He's got his personal quarterback coach who they hired, then he's got another two quarterback coaches, an offensive coordinator. It's a lot of guys. Now now don't having, get me started. Yeah, no, don't, that's don't not, even go <laughs> on that subject because I'll go crazy. Yeah, no, don't so forget,
1: like, you know, yeah. I started with Don Shula when we had seven coaches.
2: Yeah. And, and we, we were yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's sometimes more is not doesn't always help. But I
1: think it's crazy. Yeah,
2: but now at least just from a talent perspective. Um, and I know got to see a couple guys. Obviously, you mentioned Zach. I, I know we had talked a little bit about you know Sauce Gardner and just um, him coming out and never, you know, never allowing a touchdown and all the reports and, you know, seeing sauce in person, just super long athletic. Um, did you get to watch him at all? And do you have any kind of, I just know of just in, talking to, was...
1: in talking to some guys that studied him. Yeah. And the thing that, the thing that just jumped is um, you know, the, the number of, of, of big plays that happened against him is like zero. I mean, <laughs> it's like zero I and mean, the guy just did it. It didn't matter who they were playing. He handled his job. And so I think that's that, that, you know, that, you know, that reminds me a little bit, you know, I don't want to throw it out, but that reminds me a little bit of Daryl Rivas coming out. I mean, that's the kind of stuff Daryl did.
2: Yeah.
1: And he played, and he played pretty good for us. He's
2: pretty good, right? Yeah. No, he's he uh, played
1: pretty good. Just, so, you know, yeah. that's what you have to hope for. But the thing that, the, the thing that I see that I just happened to watch, and again, believe me, it's a casual observance. Um, an nfl football team that kind of looked like an nfl football team and i've been around some pretty good ones i've been in playoffs most of my career uh you know i didn't get the super bowl but i got every other game and uh, you know we were in a lot with miami and i was with the saints for two years we were right there knocking on the door championship game i was with two of them with with the jets and playoffs six times six or seven times so you know i i think i have a good feel for it and this group what i'd like to see um uh when they have they practiced with the giants yet
2: they practice with them next week uh or yeah. week and a half yeah that'll be interesting to see how they i love
1: that i love yeah. that i used to love doing it because for me i had one goal we were going to beat the hell out of them
2: yeah. we were
1: going to be so physical I, everybody nobody liked me everybody hated me yeah you know, the other coaches used to yell at me all the time i mean i said you know i'll, I'll fight you i'm not afraid um <laughs> and i just wanted that really tough team never dirty never crummy never below the waist never n- never illegal but really tough. I love that. And you, and you that's the way you get it the next week. You get it right there because you're going to say, okay, here we go. Here we are. Let's find out what this game's like, you know, and it's not going to be a brawl, although there'll probably be a couple of those that's just part of the game. Um, and that that's what football is about. And then you establish that. Now your guys, you know, now they walk in and they come in the room and you show that film and, and it's like, uh, Whoa, Whoa, we might, have, we might have a chance here. We're pretty good. Cause we're tough enough. You know that I remember going up to the Jets, the Jets or the Giants when they were up in uh, up up in Albany, I think they were, and we went yeah, up twice. 2005, was with, right? 2005, yeah, when I was with Herman, was big, uh, we, yeah. we went up there, and uh, uh, my guys, we 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 beat them up. We blocked. Yeah, them it was the big. We, uh,
2: we, uh, wasn't there the? It was a big fight. I don't remember. It was. It was, it was, on, it was a, I think it was Vilma. It was Vilma and Jeremy Shocky. Yeah, I feel like had a big. Nah, big the way do you know the
1: way the way the fight really started, and it was our fault. It was the New York Jets' fault. Um, Donnie Henderson was our coordinator, and and he, he, I, I I don't, I'm not a big fan of his in any way. But they were in a nine on seven drill, okay. So he took so to nine on seven, just do the math. Well, he took the two, he took the two safeties, and he lined them up in there, and he told, and they told the the offense, he said, oh, they're just going to take their steps to recognize. Well, they were flying up there and killing people. So now you, it was a total mismatch. If I were coaching the New York Giants, what I would have done. I'd have gone and got my toughest receivers I could find. And I'd say on this next play, go in there and crack that guy and put him out. Let's break. Let's go after him. We're going to hurt him. I mean, that's how angry I would have been. That didn't happen. And and I never did that as a coach, but that's how angry that I was that, that I would try to, because the biggest fight ever broke out and it should have broken out. I mean, the giant, you know, Tom Coughlin was furious. He should have been angry, you know, because this wasn't right. We were beating the hell out. And then all of a sudden, you know, we think, we're, we're a tough football team. I told them, I said, now we played them in the preseason. And I remember telling those guys, I said, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. This New York giant team is going to come out in this preseason game and beat the hell out of you. Now they did with the exception of me. They didn't get me, but, but I, but I, and I'm tell you, to be honest with you, I was kind of glad they did because I think our coaches deserve to get their ass kicked to what they did that day. That was okay. not, that's not football. And Tom Coughlin was furious and he had every right to be. And I'm disappointed that Herman didn't step in there and stop it because that's not the way you play the game. And so they took that to a wrong area. And that was disappointing. Um, I'll never forget it. Um, It it, it led me to have some doubts as to how good we were really going to be. And we were pretty good. But then when push came to shove, we didn't get it done. And so the Giants, as much as I ever hate to admit it, on that part of that, that little part, when they came out in that preseason game, I must admit, I was kind of glad they kicked our ass. Some, they didn't kick mine though. I yeah, promise some, you that one.
2: Sometimes it's nice and it is, sometimes teams do need to kind of get that little bit of a punch in the mouth, um, not humility in a, in a way that every team should be confident, but um, sometimes a little bit of adversity, whether it be a joint practice, preseason game, whatever it is, um, it is important, I think, for teams sometimes to kind of establish an identity. I know Robert Sahl talked a lot this week that, um, you know they want to be a team that's known for taking teams to you know quote unquote dark place, and um, you know we're going to be so physical with you, and we're going to, we're going to be as tough that you know when like the fourth quarter comes, like we're ready. And a lot of coaches say certain things, but um, you know when if players buy into that mentality. You know, they brought guys like Lincoln Tomlinson in, you know, as an offensive lineman, a guy that, you know, everyone knows he flips a switch when he plays and he's, you know, the ultimate tough guy. And you bring that to an offensive line room that has been called soft by me and a lot of other people over the last five or six years, you know. I agree. Jet, the Jets last year, they had three quarterbacks get knocked out of games for late hits and no one, I agree. they're not one fight. I mean, I'm not advocating for guys to get kicked out of no, games. No, but, I, I,
1: but th- come on, this is football. Yeah, send it's a, a t- tough sport. It's people a, are toying you, have, with you. you have to play within the rules. But, you know, there's hitting in this game. This isn't soccer. It's a different football game. No disrespect. None yeah. whatsoever. Because I think that that athleticism is tremendous. But they don't go out and knock the heck out of each other no. like we do. That's that's what the NFL is about. And this next week, when they go over to the Giants, you have to be prepared. Let's get ready. The other thing, one of the things that I kind of like that I've seen, you know, I always felt that one of the uh, a, a real gauge in the NFL, they talk about ability ability well one of the key parts of that is availability and i've seen most of those jet guys are practicing most of their good guys are kind of sticking together so there seems to be a little bit of availability i know when we deteriorated as a team when i was there in 2011 or 12 we had signed a number of guys we had a couple of receivers that uh not for the life of me i can't understand anyway they never practiced
2: yeah, they never practice. So, so, yeah. I'm not going to name who it is, but we'll, we all yeah, know who it, it is. <laughs> it was
1: ridiculous. It was a joke. Though, so, you know, everybody's making, uh, you know, ma- making fun of the quarterback, and and for crying out loud, he's practicing half the time with guys that aren't even playing. So um, that's not. There, there's plenty of blame to go around, and I, I think that's a very interesting thing. So from what I've seen of the Jets, they're kind of putting little checks in some of those boxes, and that that's that makes me a little bit optimistic and kind of excited.
2: Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, as you mentioned, look, the every day it's built, you know, I, I just, I always, the quarterback's always going to be the one that's focused on, especially this time of year, when you have a young quarterback where, um, you, know, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, whether, you know, there's a lot of talent there, can he get the job done, obviously, but um, I like the fact that every day throughout camp, he's progressed better and better, the, the numbers every day, you know, goes from four of eight to five of eight six of eight and camp gets harder this is the hardest time in camp because you're still so far from week one where like you can't really taste it yet but you know it's the grind of it's 95 degrees out you're in full pads every day and it's not you know it's not three days like it used to be but um it's still that grind of camp where now it's unscripted periods things of that nature and Zach seems to be playing better and better each day and um the confidence is there you see the, the way the guys talk about him and I think you would attest to this as well that I always notice how guys talk about it. You can kind of read their their bullshit meter a little bit when they talk to people. Sure. And, sure. Um, It's I think people like genuinely like him, which to me is is important. Um, not everyone has to love Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, but they have that. They've earned. They've won a million MVPs. They kind of earned that respect. Have,
1: but you have to respect them.
2: Yeah, you have to respect them. And you gotta you gotta respect their game and the way they're playing
1: and more the than way anything. they work, how they work yeah. in practice, are they out on the field? Yeah. Those types of things. You know, yeah. I remember when I was with Dan Marino. Dan had a sign, he had a sign in his locker from the very first day, a sign in his locker said, I'm gonna practice every day and play every play. And you know, until he tours Achilles up in Cleveland, he never missed a practice or a play, never. Yeah. But I wonder why, maybe, maybe I read that sign to my young kids in training camp for 32 years.
0: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to LipsonAds.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N Ads.com.
1: I told him, I said, "You want to, you want to be great in the NFL? Try this. I'm gonna practice every day and play every play. Try that. It might work. It worked pretty good for this guy." He was a pretty good player. So that, to me, is part of what all that's about. And, you know, that's where they are right now. Because training camp is so dramatically different. I talked to a friend of mine last night, uh, one of the coaches with the Rams. And he said, he's one of my old buddies. And he said, Mike, uh, he said, this is hard to call his training camp. <laughs> he said, it's like the camp you send kids to. He said, this is nothing what we used to go through. He said, but but then you have to make of, make of it what it is. And make sure, so you know, okay, like he said, after every four practices, they get a day off. But you better make sure those four practices are really something special. There can be no fooling around. Every play has to count. And if you do that as a coach, which I had no trouble doing, it was easy for me to do because I didn't like anybody anyway. So I was really, (laughs) you know, I had had, somebody was kidding me. They were torturing me about that. They said, people, it was hard to play for me. I was tough. And I said, I didn't care about being popular. I said, where I wanted to be popular, I, I didn't care about if anybody liked me, but where I wanted to be popular was on Monday, not Thursday, because on Monday, I could sit in that film room and look at you and say, Will. and I could run it back. And I say, that's one hell of a job, young man. Yeah. Now, on Thursday, they might have wanted to kill me. That's OK. I cared about Monday. That was my goal as a coach. And so, you know, that's what you have to do. So, yeah, training camp is different. It's different now. But so what? figure it out, make the most of it and make sure you push those guys. And for the little bit that I've witnessed and what I've read and I followed it, I'm trying to follow the Jets more now. um, I'm seeing more of that than I'm not seeing. Yeah.
2: Which is, which is important. And look as you mentioned, look, you know, the Jets have talked about a lot of the work they've been doing, you know, on these off days, a lot of walkthroughs, a lot of mental reps, because you just don't get as much practice time as you used to. No. And and so, no, you don't. and the offenses get more and more complicated because, you know, there's more and more film and technology and there's more numbers behind everything. And um, the playbook seems to get bigger and bigger and you have less time to learn it. So um, it's another reason why I just look at a lot of the other quarterbacks that are going to year two and. Um, all of different offensive coordinators, different people around them, you know, the Jets had the same offensive coordinator and same quarterback that had been working together now. Um, and there was no acclimation period. They went into year two and Zach's already been in the offense and and there's a huge, you know, the West coast system, the Shanahan system, whatever you want to call it, because you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, obviously originated from, you know, sure. All that stuff, but, um, you know, it's a complicated playbook that usually year two, it seems like teams start to really start to click on offense. When they've had that, you look at Green Bay and uh, the Atlanta team that went to the Super Bowl, those teams in year two start to really hit the ground running. So you have to hope the same thing for the Jets. I was curious, and I don't know how much you've watched them. So if you haven't, it's not a big deal, but the Jets kind of in an interesting spot where I actually feel like there's, again, they have not had a really solid field goal kicker in a, in a little bit now um still don't know why thomas morstead's on jet but that's a whole nother discussion and we agree on that one but yeah, you know uh, how i feel yeah. about that <laughs> but, you know, no the sense. jets
1: had the jets had a heck of a kicker a couple years ago yeah
2: I mean, that had, kid was really good yeah it's really, yeah, it really good made the pro bowl and then let him walk made the so. pro bowl <laughs> made the pro bowl and
1: you let him go yeah it's usually you make the pro bowl and you keep them
2: yeah you usually get an extension house backwards <laughs> uh but greg Zerline, who's a former pro bowler um huge leg um but had some trouble last year with extra points and then eddie Pinheiro, who's Seems like I'm pretty sure he has missed only one kick. I mean, obviously one tracked kick throughout camp so far. Not as strong of a leg. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit last time, but just in a, I guess, in a vacuum, if you had a guy that's a little bit more inaccurate but can make maybe the the 55, 60 yarder um, versus a guy that's really efficient for maybe 48 and in, do you prefer the guy that's more automatic but maybe can't make the longer kick? Or is it, do teams look at the, I guess, high risk, high reward, for lack of a better term, of a guy depends that... On,
1: depends on yeah. the football team I'm yeah. with. When I'm a Dan Marino, and I know he can score from anywhere close, I'm going to take the chance on the long guy that can hit the 55-yarder to win the game. With the Jets right now, I want to get points on the board. Yeah. I want to put points up because I think the Jets can be in a lot of tight games, and those points can win games for you. I, I've looked at it this way, and I did a, a whole thing on a, a radio thing, with, thing about, about the way that with kickers the way it's going today. Um, if you don't if you don't have a kicker that's in the 90 percent, and I'm thinking middle 90s, you better find another guy. I'll tell you why. Think of these reasons. Number one, they're playing with a friendly ball. It's not illegal. it's a, it's a legal ball, but you it, know it, it's um, you know 13 pounds per square inch. the officials do that. Then the, what they do, the uh, equipment guys, and they've got like 45 minutes to do this before the game they take the ball and they get a piece of astroturf on the table and they buff the ball up just like you would sign your shoes all right so the ball will constrict pretty well you know you can see it'll pop out you know it's a good ball it's not illegal but it's friendly okay all right so you've got a pretty good ball you get a perfect snap and when's the last time you saw a bad snap
2: very rare
1: (laughs) very rare and because high school i mean what, what uh Long snappers today look like high school phys ed teachers. That's what they look like. And even back in the day, I mean, you, when you could line up somebody on them, they had to be big, strong guys. Yeah, now they Yeah, because you used
2: to be able to line up over them. You used to be able to line up over
1: them. Can't do that. We changed that rule when I was there. I was part of a change. Anyway, which I'm not so sure was. Yeah, that was a good rule at the time, the way they were doing it. Okay, you've got a perfect hold. Everybody's learned how to hold. They put their back knee up, they catch the ball, they drive their in their inside elbow into the inside part of the knee that guides the ball right down on the spot. So it's a, a perfect hold. Get off times have dropped from an average of about snap to kick of about 1.3 seconds, 1.3 to now it's about 1.25 or six. So you got good get-off times because everything's perfect. It's very difficult to block kicks because you can't, you know, it used to be we could line guys up on the center, you could push, you know, you, you could use jump leverage. over. You could jump over, you know, you can still jump over if you take one step, but you can't land on anybody, you got to make sure you jump all the way over. Okay, so you've got all those things. (laughs) So it's, excuse me, much more difficult to block. All right, I I was actually asked by a league representative about the field goal, how to maybe make it a little bit tougher. So we we got a pretty good way, we'll see if it happens, but I'm holding off on it till they till they make the decision, but I gave them a good way to do it. Anyway, so you've got all those things going for the kicker that you're going for. So he should be pretty good. He really should. The toughest thing is that there's probably the PAT from the 15-yard line because that, that makes a little bit more of a play. That was actually – we did that. Joel Bussert and I actually made that uh, – really pushed hard for that rule. He's, he's in my opinion, in the NFL office, Joel Bussert's the guy behind the, behind the curtain. He's the smartest guy in the building, in my opinion. Man, I love him. I just think he's a bright man, always talks about keeping the game safe, but yet, you know, keeping things involved. I mean, he just he's fun to talk to. I love talking to him. Anyway, um, so that—that that, I think in that regard, I'm, I'm going to find out. I would give those guys the whole preseason. I want to go into preseason games, put them in tough situations, you know, see what you really have in that situation before you make a call. And so, you know, I, but the Giants, I think that's going to count a lot. I want to see that. I mean, I'd be talking to that Giant coach. I mean, I, I, I'd get him. I'd get him going because I'd try to kill his guys. I'd say, yeah. okay, here's what we're going to do. I'd fly across and knock the shit out of him. Excuse me. Sorry. No,
2: I'd gonna, knock the heck okay. out of
1: him. And then, um, th- then, then he'd be coming after us that, that way. I'd make sure. We're going to make it tough. So I pressured this to whoever, and whoever comes out of the battle, but I kind of think if I could get a guy with the Jets that's making a lot of kicks, and he's putting points on the board, because I think the Jets, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong here. you have to see. I kind of think their defense is going to get better and better as the season goes on. That's what I'm rooting for.
2: Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm in agreeing with you. I'm, I was looking at, um, I was just curious from a kicking perspective because it's one of those things where um, people just, you know, you don't really think about it too often. If you're you know, a fan, not every fan's thinking about the field goal kicker, they're thinking about the quarterback and, you know, and, right. uh, and, right. you know, the number one picks and, and all sure. that stuff, which they should. and And that's, not there's no no harm, no foul there. But I look at a guy like Pinero last year, even for his career, 100% from 20 to 29, um, 98% from 30 to 39. He's only he's three of three last year from 40 to 49. And made, I mean, he made all 80 kicks last year for the Jets, only a long of 51, made nine to extra points. So for me, like he probably has the leg up. He's done it in five games for them. Obviously, Zerline is a guy that, um, you know, was. Very, very good with- yeah, He's, with he's the, got a
1: good the, track record. he got does. a really good so track record. He's, but done, last he's done a nice
2: job. Right. Last year though, you know, dropped from, you know, in the, the high 80s, mid 90s to down to 83%. Again, he's still got, you know, he's got the long of 61. <laughs> you know, every year he's making 60 yard kicks, but extra points last year, I believe, um, only made 42 of 48, where in years past, he was pretty much 100%. So- Yeah, you um, can't
1: beat 42 of 48.
2: Nah. Even yeah.
1: though it's much more difficult, when we made the change, uh, PATs were being made at 99.6%. Then we made the change to the 15 yard line and it made it a little bit tougher. And yeah. so that's the way it should be. It's an important um, play now. It'll be, it, it'll be an interesting uh contest. I think, I think, I think I've got the two right kind of guys there. They'll make the right decision. I feel pretty good about that.
2: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, Um, you know, and again, well, was just see had the Jets kind of, you know, use Braxton Barrios in the return game again, obviously he was an all pro last year. And, um you know he's got a little bit you know making a little bit more money now he's an important piece of the offense i'm curious how they'll kind of use his reps there um you know versus offensively last year it
1: seemed like uh use him as a punt return use him use him where he's the best deon Deon sanders return punts give me a break
2: yeah Um, no exactly uh,
1: santana moss was ours Right. He, he led the league in punt returns. He was a pretty good receiver, if I yeah. remember right.
2: Yeah, no, he's, he's so, come pretty on. damn good. I mean, yeah,
1: one, no. you know, it's not like kickoffs. Kickoffs are a little bit different deal, and you're not getting that many of them. Punt returner, you know, you know how to do things. You can judge it right. You know, you get a fair catch uh, to to have to use, and that's that can be such a weapon. You get that guy that can get that weapon going, and uh, that that can really make a difference. So, I'm for giving that job to a good football player.
2: I could not agree more. Um, And then I wanted to kind of get to your book a little bit here um, before we kind of wrap, but obviously, as I mentioned, the book, figure it out. um, You know, it's obviously a really cool, I think from a lot of different ways you can, you know, if you're someone that loves football history, you're going to, you're going to be able to learn a lot. Um, If you look at some of that, is interested in coaching you'll be able to learn a lot if you're someone that just loves the jets or loves dan marino or loves the saint like whatever it is uh, i think you'll find it interesting in it um you want to kind of talk a little bit i can get you plug your book a little bit here um obviously you guys can buy that anywhere um amazon you know leave a review for mike obviously so please all, right. all all five pretty much all five stars so far so not doing too bad but um no yeah.
1: it's got pretty much all five we've done it's, I, i'm proud of it um i thought it would be a good story you know it's i, I like the way it was it was handed to me this job by total by accident. I never went in to be a special teams coach. I was coaching offense, and all of a sudden, our Frank was Frank Kush was going to fire the special teams coach, and I talked. To him. I said, "Don't fire him. Let him just help on defense. I'll take it over." Oh, so, okay, way to go, Mike. And I knew nothing. I knew zero. But what I learned was that really back in 1982, there was very little uh, innovation or creativity. Everybody pretty much just kind of did a few things, but also there was very little, if any regulation, so you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to try, though I started trying everything. I just kept doing it, and I developed a a kick philosophy. I was going to blitz, so I went to Bud Carson, our defensive coordinator. I said, take me through perimeters of blitzing. The next thing you know, I'm designing kickoff coverage based on Bud Carson, one of the greatest defensive minds in history, on his blitz philosophy. That's what I did. All right, now we're going to return balls. Well, I'm an offensive line coach. I know how to run an off-tackle play, how to double team, how to trap, how to create a wall on the backside. So I took all those principles and applied them to kickoff return. Well, in my first 10 years with the New York Jets, we had nine, nine different guys that led the league in returns. Though so I know it worked, it just worked. it just wasn't guys running all over the place. We just knocked everybody down and, and the system worked. And it was so much fun to develop. So I wanted to tell that story, but then tell about the guys that came out of nowhere. That nobody knew, that nobody wanted. They weren't sure. I fought for them. I'd get them in a position, put them in the right spot where I knew they could succeed. And next thing you know, they're 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 changing the game. And that to me was the incredible part. And that's the story I wanted to tell. And then how it happened, and who influenced me, you know, all the way from Don Shula, you know, to even Mike Ditker or. or uh, Bill Walsh or, or Bob Bob Knight, believe it or not, uh Bear Bryant, Woody Hayes. I mean, it's just incredible that just the little bits and pieces that I picked up in different spots and how I kind of blended them together and and created a niche that I just loved. And then, you know, we took special teams and, and there were several other guys too, some coaches that were very good. I mean, I'm pretty, you know, I'm a little cocky about it. So I think I kind of led the way, but there were others. I would agree. We took it, we took it to a point um where it had never been and 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 and, uh it'll never go again well it'll never go back because there's the place that dramatically changed so you know it it just made a difference I, i i believe this i firmly believe this those years with the new york jets when we went in the playoffs i don't believe in any one of those years the new york jets gets in the playoffs if we didn't have dramatic impact in our with our kicking game on those games
2: yeah. And it I didn't agree. mean
1: we won the didn't mean we won the game all the time. No, of course not. I'm not saying that. But we made a contribution that without that contribution, I don't believe the Jets get in the playoffs even one time. I don't believe it.
2: Yeah. And we got yeah.
1: in, we got in almost every year. Yeah. You know, we really did. And so, you know, even, even when Brett was there, don't forget, you know, after before Brett hurt his shoulder, we were eight and three. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were eight and three. We were good. We were yeah. a good team. And then then you know then it just kind of collapsed. But um and then Rex came along, we go to championship games. So I, I just know that we contributed. I know what uh you know Santana Moss did and Leon Washington did and Justin Miller did and Eric Smith, Brad Smith did, and you know, I know what those guys contributed. And I'm I'm extremely proud and I thought it would be a fun story to tell. And I and I'm proud of being able to do it.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I, I really highly would suggest anybody to read it. I think it's you know kindle whether you read it on your kindle you read the paperback whatever it is um it's pretty interesting it's pretty cool seeing leon washington back you know coaching with the jets and doing sure i just saw him was stuff. great seeing him it's, awesome. it, it's awesome it's awesome was such a dynamic special team well one good of the things too but
1: real quick let me add something real quick one of the things that that i really believe in I, I if 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 i had to pick who should read this book if i had to pick out who should read it aside from some of the medical things because that's pretty cool because you know i mean new york's only got the you know, the greatest places in the world Sloan oh, yeah i mean I'm, I'm i'm like the poster child for those guys <laughs> uh, and i'm and i'm the luckiest person in the world but if i had to pick it would be high school coaches because yeah. it teaches you how to respect these guys see football to me is the one game that everybody can play now you're not going to play it on an nfl level but you can be a little skinny little kid and you can find a place to play you can be the young man that's maybe a little overweight and a little heavy. And if a coach treats him right and puts him in the right spot, he can play. And then he comes out on Friday night and his mother and father are in the stands. That's what I care about. That's yeah. the most important thing for me. Because no matter, you know, that kid can't, that kid can't play soccer. He's not going to make the basketball team. He probably won't make the swimming team. You know, and the tennis coach doesn't know his name. But that guy can play Football, he can do it, and that's yeah. what I think the book exemplifies. So if I were a high school coach, I, I I I would go buy this book because it's going to help me take these guys and make them. Because it's all over the country, and and it, it would you know you know just how many good high school football teams are in your area where you live. I'm sure yeah. you could rattle them off. Yeah, that's just reality. And there's always those kids out there. If somebody just knows how to treat them. It'll be pretty special.
2: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's definitely a worthwhile read, obviously. Um, you know, Mike's on uh, Mike's on Twitter, Instagram and things like that. I believe it's. Is it ST, it's, special, it's I mean, obviously I know it's special teams coordinator, but I think it's, what ST, it's ST Coach Mike uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, make sure you give him a follow. Um, you know, obviously again, make sure you guys get the book. Um, you know, we'll have Mike on again during the season. Obviously as things start to get rolling, but um, obviously good things out a, a Jets camp and, you know, appreciate you coming on and as always, and, uh, you know, I obviously enjoyed it.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. If I were a Jets fan, I'd be pretty excited this year to get started. I, I'd be a little scared with that opening, that opening <laughs> schedule. But I'd be excited to get going. And I think from what I saw, I was very pleased that because it, it looked like an NFL team that was starting to line up. It really did.